Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Joe? Uh, howdy. Zan? Who's Zan? Uh, I... Uh, sorry, I guess well, I that's thought... that's me, your friend. Florida man. <gasps> Florida man! Oh, I thought that was you. How are you? I'm swell, Joe. Yeah. I'm... I'm just feeling all the energy, all the individuals, all the diverse peoples that make up the great state of Florida. Right, right. From the Cuban quarter of Vibor City, the Jewish communities of Miami, the Greek sponge divers of Tarpon Springs, Cracker Cowboys of the Prairie, the neighborhoods of Orlando, the hippies of Gainesville, the Spanish conquistadors, the indomitable Seminole Nation. But that's me, Florida man. Wow, it's really, really sub up the essence of Florida, it seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Florida, Florida man is everywhere. He's in all of us. Oh, Zan, you, you came have- back. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I could only get Florida Man for a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's only a matter of time before Florida Man starts sounding like JFK. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. It's like the ghost of Florida Man that imbues within your soul, and then it's just the... um, Why is... Why of everything, with, like... With where I sit mm-hmm. on the accentometer, why is yeah. that my default when I try to do accents? Is it eventually mm-hmm. just slips into JFK? Maybe it's because you've been impression. in Boston too long. I maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Does that track? I I didn't just no. I, it doesn't make it's, any it's sense. It's hard to say since we've only been doing this for you know the past year when i didn't move to boston but i feel like that's mm. not enough time for it to leave an impression on coincidence me. i feel like mm. yeah i i honestly have i don't have the easiest time trying to do southern accents i kind of have to be around people right from the south more to do that i i sometimes will hear it a little bit more if like especially uh-huh. if i've been down there a while i can kind of slip into it yeah start, like you know your jaw just starts getting a little looser yeah you know? yeah i can see but that like you know my parents are transplants my, my parents are you know from new york and new jersey like and so were most people <laughs> yeah. i went to school right but like you know we we still had like an our english teacher miss mcduffie oh she's like i've been teaching here too long i'm starting to sound like y'all yankees what right that's (laughs) yeah well that was always like the i think like when visiting like texas or some other southern states you know you meet people who have very thick southern accents and then you meet people who are like oh hi what's going on you're like whoa wait a minute you don't have mm. a you. You sound like a 
you're from the east. That that's weird. Oh, right, because uh, accents are tricky, and not everybody sounds like a stereotypical southern man from a commercial. I don't know where I'm going yeah. with on that one. I mean, but... it is it is like honestly kind of beautiful when you do yeah. like kind of like get deeper into the like Appalachians and stuff. And yeah, you hear like that very like sing songy uh, southern accent. It's you know? nice. It's definitely nice. I feel like I mimic accents if i'm focused mm. if i fixate on a work of fiction too much like mm. i feel like i feel like if i'm watching like british tv or like anything scottish i slip into like that like not specifically that i'm like i'm gonna mimic an accent for the rest of my life but more like i'll see like yeah, if words you're hearing come up. it if but, you're hearing it but there's definitely like after playing red dead redemption 2 for like a month straight you know, when that came out, I straight up was walking and talking like Arthur Morgan, the cowboy. <laughs> oh, Joe the cowboy. Joe the cowboy. That was my Halloween costume. To be like, yeah, no, can't do it. <laughs> and you just got to really get the gruff and tough of this like fictionalized Western. Yeah. Oh, God, my persona. Well, like Florida, to me at least, it always is like, it's like real like, yeah. like, when when you really hear it, I feel uh-huh. like it's very like nasally. It's very Ooh. like kind of high. But the, the the whole problem with Florida accents is there's like depending on where you are, there's about four different ways to say Florida. So we have normal Florida or regular Florida. So so wait, okay. So so but but to make a note, you are you are pronouncing uh-huh. right. all of the syllables in it. You are saying Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida. Florida. Right. Then we yes. have Florida. Who okay, but who <laughs> except for the artist known as Florida? Yeah. Says Florida. Florida. Although I guess you know, <laughs> actually no, that is kind of similar, like that, right. no, I, I should say there are there are people that do I'm, pronounce it that way. Then we actually. then there's I'm imagining Florida. Where it's like more of a sing song, like a Florida. Am I wrong? I mean, I don't know what kind of mid Atlantic snowbird <laughs> is saying that. <laughs> So, I guess that's fair. See, you go, you go Bostonian with your accents, and I, or I guess JFK, and I go uh, transatlantic. <laughs> was, was it mid-Atlantic? I never down remember. here, boys. I've come down Florida to get me some fried alligator. I went down to this Florida or whatever that's called. <laughs> to get to- <laughs> anyway, oh my god. I mean, but then there's, mm. I, I think, kind of the way I sound it, which I. Th- Think I don't know if this is if you have mm. northern parents or whatever, but I say right. Florida. Florida, yeah, true. With kind of the A and no I. Florida, uh, but then there's yeah. occasionally like depending on depending on your background, some people might say Florida. Flo- oh, okay, yeah. There's I could, just, I could, and then I there's just that. Florida. Florida, oh Florida, Florida. Mm, I've heard that. I've definitely heard that used a lot. Yeah, where okay. it's just kind of Florida to Florida, floor dash duh, Florida, <laughs> duh. Oh, fu- see, I like that. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, you and I have talked about New Jersey accents before. I think. Yeah. And, oh, good old yeah. New Jersey. Can't pronounce your T's, and we and some people say water, and some people don't. So, which mm. one are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what we are talking about is uh today we are in the uh Florida 
a cryptid hall here at the Uncanny County Museum. We're going to talk about a very special, to my heart at least, and Florida-specific phenomenon. And that is the skunk ape. (gasps) Ooh, serious. (laughs) Yeah, do you smell the mystery? It is definitely pungent. Yes, we have tried to, based on the uh, the descriptions of mm. rotting eggs, uh, right. we've tried, in this exhibition, we have tried to recreate um, the smell yeah. of yeah. the skunk ape. Yeah, definitely it adds a smell art experience to this whole, to this whole exhibit hall here. It does, it is kind of unfair, I think, in one sense, that Florida's most famous cryptid is just Bigfoot, but he smells. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was, like, fair. as creative as it could kind of get, because one of the things that skunk ape proponents mm-hmm. point out is that this could just be another variety of Bigfoot. Right. That this is just another Sasquatch. Um, in fact, uh, our source today um, on a lot of the research, uh, Florida's Unexpected Wildlife by Michael Newton. Um, right, classic. Pro- the jewel of my book collection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Um, much of the, much of sort of the preface of the chapter on Skunk Ape, as well as Skunk Ape documentaries that one might find. mm a lot of it hinges on people's belief in Bigfoot, uh, right. you know, even pointing out that in every state uh, except Rhode Island, Bigfoot has been sighted. So it would follow that there would be a uh, variety in the Florida Peninsula. So like Bigfoot's like a prerequisite in order to get into like skunk ape mythology or, or not mythology, legends, I guess, or whatever you want to get I in. guess so. Yeah, everyone, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Uh, well, huh. it's, you know what, I wonder, I could see you believing in Bigfoot and not believing in Skunk Ape, but I'm going to say that if you believe in Skunk Ape, then you definitely believe in Bigfoot. I think that's a fair assumption, yeah. Yeah, that that's, makes, not, a fa- that makes that's not a false dichotomy? Probably, but I look, I, I <laughs> fall into that category somewhere, so this is where I'm like, well, <laughs> it's really the duality of man here. I yeah, guess I really mean, it. living out west, I miss people who are otherwise entirely reasonable, but they <laughs> really love the idea of Bigfoot being out there. Cause it's interesting, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's still, there's. I'm still haunted by that documentary. I think I had an, we had we met in Target and talked about. Mm, yeah. yeah. To kind of start, uh, you know, so Bigfoot has you know there, there's been bigfoot sightings since the early 1800s the first mm. was in maine of all places i believe seriously i guess yeah. that makes sense a lot of a lot of trees and mountains i guess there there is a uh allegedly there is a creature known uh among the seminal indians of florida is esti kapkaki which is to me, sounds like it has some Spanish influence to it, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. It doesn't necessarily sound like a seminal word, but I do not speak the seminal language. So if anybody does, feel free to correct me on that one. You know, half of half of our states and cities are mispronounced Spanish words anyways. So, yeah, yeah, that is very Montana, true. Montaña, color rojo. 
well, e- even Florida itself, uh, named for, I think, the Festival of Flowers that was going on when Ponce de Leon landed here. Seriously? And, I didn't know that. Yeah, when the, when the Spanish landed here, they were celebrating some holiday, you oh. know. Yeah, just, you know, and, and it really got them off on the right foot. The, the Spanish yeah. really, you know, uh, <laughs> really decided uh. to take a very Christian approach to Florida and the New mm. World. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> so anyways, so according, there is, basically, it does sort of tie into the older, what, what, I don't know how much of this actually exists within Na- Native American folklore, because, like, I know about Skinwalkers and, like, Skinwalker Ranch and stuff, and, like, yeah. the Lamazu, and I think even the Lake Champlain uh river mon or lake monster oh right, right um right. like there are these creatures that are a part of american mythology that do play into uh that that in, seem to have some footing in native american mythology but it's so hard to tell what what this was from a european perspective without the spiritual aspect mm, to it because gotcha. one of the one of the things one of the complaints that i do hear from indigenous peoples is they are not necessarily fans of their mythologies and spiritualities being kind of used just to justify cryptids which i can kind of understand yeah and you can also see the temptation there to want to see well like well the people living here for thousands of years what did they see what did uh mm. you know what what was their um what what was their experience with sort of things that went bump in the night right and florida you know is a place that you know back then even more so than now and still now has dense uh swampland mm-hmm. uh that is not easily accessible year round you know um some somewhat dangerous habitats um and you know still portions that are sparsely populated um and the you know there's there, there's easily that that temptation of wanting there to be a monster mm-hmm. or something that lives in the in the swamp. You know, there's stories of it. I I think even from the Native American perspective of there is some sort of human like creature that is a cannibal. Uh, in some versions, is peaceful in others, but still an idea of some kind of humanoid that exists out there somewhere gotcha gotcha no word on mothman specifically but you know okay so that we'll, we'll get to mothman on another day yeah for sure but, so what we kind of want to start with is um basically sort of the let's let's talk numbers let's talk brass tacks all right okay? let's do it let's get down to business uh a uh someone studying this named john green no relation to okay. author john green i that I know of. Mm. Um, in 1978, um, when there was a huge boom in sightings of the skunk ape, because huh. that's the other thing. Skunk ape sightings are pretty limited to the 20th century. Okay. And really only from the 40s onward. There are 
the record seems to be very hazy and kind of hearsay. So there seems to be this moment from the 40s to about the 70s where there's the the idea of the skunk ape takes shape. The gotcha. ape shape. Got, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll just sort of get into it. So in, in 1978, John Green compiles a list and says mm. there have been 104 primate sightings in Florida. And wow. as far as we know, there's not really native primates to North America. Right. There do seem to be these primate sightings. And you're you're like, okay, could this be opossums? Could this be all manner of animals that used to be more common in Florida? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there, there were panthers, there were bears, there were wolves. A lot of people don't realize there was there were there were wolves in Florida at one really? point. Really? Yeah, there it was wild. a subspecies of the red wolf called the black wolf. Oh. Um it did go extinct. Oh. And the red wolf, I think to this day, is very threatened, but it's been at least, you know, had some conservation efforts, uh, you know, over like the last 50 years or so to sort of maintain it. Looks right. very similar to a coyote. It, it's, it is not as big as the gray wolves and like the wolves that we think of out west and up north. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. You you might if you even saw a red wolf, you probably would confuse it for a coyote at first. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, huh, that's interesting though. Yeah. There's actually a weird story about coyotes that uh, and red wolves that they were talking about in um, one of my biodiversity classes in college, um, where when they rounded up all of the remaining red wolves to sort of basically take them to a breeding program. Mm-hmm. One of them was accidentally a coyote. Oh, no. So all red wolves now, I think, carry some coyote mitochondrial DNA. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, also now we know that wolves and coyotes occasionally interbreed. Species are, you know, not as rigid of things as we used to think they are. So this might not necessarily be a huge problem. I don't know. Gotcha. Time will tell. Yes, time will tell. So, uh, and another team, uh, a couple, uh, the boards. <laughs> I don't oh. know if they're siblings or husband and wife. Uh, okay, very different. But Co- Colin and Janet Board. Uh, between 1947 and 1977, they count only 32 incidents. Maybe John Green's definition of unknown primate, that 104 number, maybe that's a broader terms. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 1993, East Coast primate sightings totaled uh, 144 going across 1942 Jeez. to 1985. Okay. Yeah. So there there seems to be something around this number of of sightings. However, this is not specific to Florida. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All of these numbers and some of these reports are tricky. A lot of people's names we don't really know we might only know a first name we might know initials of sightings and what's more is some people seem to have debate like and i don't know if this is like encountering people and not understanding the accent or not being able to hear clearly but Mm -hmm. there's parts where they're not sure on the last names because there's no one sure what they heard like oh that guy was named crosby 
But I also think it might have been Crosley. Uh, well, that's very different. <laughs> you know, yeah. that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Jeez. Um, you know, and by comparison now, uh, you know, from 2000 to 2005, there were only about six skunk ape reportings a year. Mm, okay. But let's, so, you know, we have that initial beginning of the prime, mysterious primate sightings in Maine that I mentioned earlier in right. the early 1800s. But in uh, the first sighting of a large ape-like creature was by someone only known as Isaac, who I want oh. to imagine is my friend Isaac, who's <laughs> from Florida, and the similarities end there that I knew growing up. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, someone named Isaac in 1942 sees a large humanoid animal with black hair. Okay. And then a couple years later in 1947, a young boy at the by the <laughs> only four years old in Polk oh. County uh, says that he saw a an animal with long black hair on two legs scratching its back against a tree. <sighs> that could be anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's this, like that could be a man, literally. Well, here's the other thing. Florida has black bears. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so that muddies a lot of this. Yeah. But basically, in the 40s, these sightings start to come forward. Mm -hmm. uh, the, and, and basically, it sort of follows that pattern of taller than a man, long black hair, or dark hair covering okay. the body. And it kind of goes, it's pretty sparse through the 50s. It, it weirdly seems to have, like, it's like every other decade there seems to be a surge in sightings. So there's the 40s and 50s. The 50s it starts to get a little quieter. And then the 60s, um, we start to get a little bit more. Okay. Um, someone by the name of uh, Leon C. reports that one, quote-unquote, smacked his car. Oh. Which, like... Sounds like a euphemism for he hit it. Yeah, I was going to say. But also, I kind of like the idea of, like, <laughs> just smacking a car. Slap. Slap the car. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and and there, there's all of these spurts of sightings. They all seem to, like when we talked about old three toes, they seem to group together. You know, there's sort of like a little pocket of hysteria. Right, right. And that seems to be the trends with a lot of these things, though yeah yeah someone says they saw something and now that has colored what they will see you know right exactly if you watch the very few skunk ape documentaries that exist where you know uh, a man in camo will say something like searching for skunk ape is my passion it's consumed my whole life skunk ape hunting is my passion you know at like the skunk ape research yeah. headquarters like right a little bit of they, bias you know they'll say something like i was always obsessed with bigfoot and then i saw a skunk ape when i was six and it's like well okay i feel like you already believing in bigfoot might have yeah affected what you yeah interpreted that that, that influences just a little bit of this yeah yeah but okay now, interestingly, yeah. nothing has been mentioned yet of the smell. Right. As far as it is, it's basically Bigfoot sightings. In fact, one of the names of it is the Horror of Holopaw. Okay, that's a name. 
Yeah. Huh. It, interestingly, uh, someone by the name of Eugene Crosby or Crosley, we're not sure, right. uh, said that the, the creature threw a tire at him. <laughs> okay, so now Bigfoot's a shot putter. That's fun. <laughs> He's tired of your shit. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, in 1966, Ralph Bud Chambers mm. uh, says a seven-foot-tall ape-like creature uh it was spotted and this is where we get the smell he mm. reports a rancid putrid odor Ooh. and now we're starting to get a little bit more into the regional specifics of the skunk ape it seems to be very tall uh you know i, I think kind of similar to what our idea of bigfoot is but right um you know at at least seven feet tall from a lot of the reports uh, around 17 to 18 inch long footprints. Huh. And a horrible smell. Right. Mm. Yeah, because I know that's what I'm familiar with is the smell. That's the only, that's the oh, one thing that I... Been... That's what you're familiar with with Skunk Ape? No, but that's what I've been told. Because I never knew what this yeah. was, you know, growing... Like, I know Bigfoot. That's the one thing yeah. I was always fixated on. But, like, I never knew about Skunk Ape. I think Prior to meeting me, had you ever heard of the skunk ape? I feel like I heard about it, but not, like, in passing. Like, I feel like it's been mentioned every now and then, but I didn't really know mm. anything. Like, I, I just knew it was, like, a Bigfoot knockoff. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry. You ever think maybe Bigfoot's the knockoff of the skunk ape? I think you ever think that maybe no. skunk ape is the hydrox i knew you were gonna say Oreo? oh my god hold on we gotta talk about that because that's so funny you bring this up okay my dad had like an existential crisis about this because he didn't know Finding that hydrox, out about hydrox he didn't cookies. know hydrox came before oreo or that they even existed Whoa. and was like because i i was i was roped into watching this like history channels how food was made i don't know food war something like that and it's like as you know crazy as you can think but they were yeah, talking yeah. about the oreo and the invention of this like hydrox cookie and i remember seeing them like i've had i feel like i've had a hydrox cookie before terrible name by the way i don't know who thought that was a good idea yeah but why did like, Hy hydrox sounds like it should be hydrox is what trump was telling us would cure us <laughs> oh COVID, yeah right? <laughs> yeah hydrochloric side <laughs> bleach whatever. hydrochloroquine yeah that's it um god yeah that's that's sorry but not speaking of knockoffs i just thought that was funny <laughs> hydrox cookies honestly they could have had a big comeback if they had capitalized on that yeah they <laughs> get new hydrox cookies they're oh, cavetti flavored oh there you go yeah oh god yeah um but yes yeah, so i i that that that's so interesting that your your family's been going through that um i you know my condolences to your dad i guess no it's just so funny like this idea of like because like it's this idea of what came first because of popular brands and because oreo right. was more popular you know that's why we know it more just like that's what i grew yeah. up with so that's what i assume it's just like why maybe i know bigfoot more than skunk ape i guess yes yeah you know there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff that you know even things that like kind of were not themselves trademarked but they were popular and then you have one company that like makes a property does it very competently right and then that's the only thing that you know it as it's kind of the um 
it's kind of like the one beef I have with like Star Wars and Jurassic Park and stuff. It's like mm. ever since those came out, it's like you cannot make you're incapable of making a dime after Jurassic Park came out anyways. You were right. in, you were incapable of not being compared to Jurassic Park every time you tried to make a dinosaur movie and you realize, "Oh wow, there used to be like multiple, you know, things like trying to make dinosaur movies multiple like companies and ideas and then someone came around and was like oh nope this is the best dinosaur movie ever. (laughs) we're done we're done it's over this is the best you know dumb shark movie ever and then i think we never needed another shark movie after jaws including the jaws sequels we we did get the megalodon though whatever that was i did not see the meg i know there's a series of books uh Mm. a friend once told me the plot of the meg and they so that they're living in the marianas trench but megalodon ate like whales and stuff so like i don't know what it yeah was why are they down there i guess big squid or big squid even in the trench i don't think so i don't uh, i'm not a, i'm not a marine biologist what do so. i know this is in my area of specialties <laughs> i just a marine uh, I, make, I cast a wide net and maybe i'll hit something yeah, I mean, I grew up finding megalodon teeth at the beach. But, Ooh. Yeah, or in rivers, I guess. Oh. You know, because that's another thing you can do is go fossil hunting in Florida, but there's right. no dinosaurs. The rock's not old enough. Not that, no dinosaurs, but you do get those big megs. Yeah. So that yeah, counts for yeah. something. Well, I was like, I was so like tantalized about moving out west because, oh my God, there's dinosaur bones out there. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That's fair. But uh but anyway, so uh so skunk ape. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we tangent so, it, but yeah. So the the smell is now right, becoming right. a part of its identity. However, mm. it did go through a couple of other names. Uh I met, already mentioned oh. the horror of Holopaw. Yeah, that's but there was also blue eyed thump thumps. Love that. That that needs to be brought back. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> blue eyed thump thumps. Oh my god. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> that that I'm surprised that didn't catch on. Blue eyed thump thumps. That that's my least favorite Frank Sinatra record. <laughs> <laughs> Blue eyed thump thumps oh, is back. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, back in college, you know what they used to call me? Blue eyed thump thumps. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> to to um uh give sort of a a, le- a a history of that name in particular um a group of teens partying at a quarry because that's what you do in florida is you go to the quarry you do that here too surprisingly yeah yeah they saw a they saw them sort of leaping around in the quarry and sort of i guess making thump thump sounds on rocks um <laughs> but according to them their eyes shone blue in the moonlight whoa yeah that's terrifying Um, actually yeah and then kind of for the rest of the 60s um at least according to the author of florida's unexpected wildlife Mm -hmm. it is quote-unquote frustratingly vague what happened uh there's a more sightings but Mm. it's difficult to attribute to them to specific people or even specific dates it seems to be much more scattered um sightings and just sort of tapers off okay However, in the 70s, there is an explosion of sightings, an explosion of skunk apes. Whoa. 
yeah, Skunk Apes were just, they were so excited. Led Zeppelin was putting out music. Right. Vietnam War is ramping up. Yeah. Yeah, and it then, is just, the 70s are the time to be alive. Yeah, it was like, you know what, why not? Skunk Ape 2. Bring it all out. <laughs> that Skunk Ape show. There, there you go. It's not, it's, it's, they actually cut out from the phrase sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and Skunk Ape was actually in there too, but they cut that. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I wonder if, like, there are any hippies, like, from the Woodstock area in upstate New York that, like, uh-huh. were like, yeah, I was in Woodstock and I saw Bigfoot. <laughs> That's exactly how they'll say it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. Hi there, my name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game, even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account, while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. So this is interesting. Um, And we actually are starting to see some other things start to be fleshed out about the skunk ape. A fisherman saw one swimming offshore near his boat. Like doing like like butterfly or like like backstroke? Or like... Uh, Did did not specify if it was doing a stroke. (laughs) It matters. What stroke it was doing. See, this is just bad reporting. Well, I mean, Florida... Florida is a big training state for the Olympics, you know, okay, for swimming. Right. Yeah. So it could be anybody. Yeah. That they we seen. had these Norwegian kids in my high school that like just whatever sport they went into, they were all tall and oh. incredibly athletic. Wow. Um, one of them, his like, I'm not even kidding. Like we're all in high school. I'm kind of chubby. I hate myself. I hate the way I look. I'm not confident enough to wear a Speedo even. I wore jammers to, uh, mm. to swim practice. And there's this kid who's just like, his chest is like a foot thick. He's just Jesus. muscle. He's nothing but muscle. And he broke like every single record in our pool. My God. He had a Norse yeah. God just walk up. Really though. He <laughs> like, uh, just... Like, he beat one of our freestyle records doing Butterfly. That's nuts. Yeah. Like, because, like, you know, when there's a swimming event, if it says freestyle, technically you're allowed to do whatever stroke you want. But everyone does freestyle, because freestyle, if you're a normal human being, is the fastest stroke. Right. But Rasmus gets out there and uh, just... (laughs) (laughs) fucking obliterates everyone in backstroke or sorry uh, doing butterfly my god yeah it's pretty wild well well now i'm just imagining the skunk ape sighting like because like see the reason i brought that up is because when you're saying oh they're they're a fisherman spotted them off the coast and they were doing they were swimming i'm like well that's just a guy like that's just bigfoot or skunk ape you know just like you know right over left swimming and actually just like like picture a normal human being swimming but imagine it's like the stereotypical image of skunk ape and then there you go i haven't seen that jack links commercial yet where mm. bigfoot is uh swimming okay yeah no <laughs> um well but now uh interestingly uh there, there starts to be kind of more close encounters people are starting to get closer to the skunk ape Ooh. interestingly 
Hmm. Um, yeah. There are archaeologists working on an Indian burial site in Big Cypress Swamp, um, and they encounter one. Oh. And they measure the footprints, and here's where we get, you know, sort of the uh, 7.5 to 18-inch footprints start right. to be documented. Um, actually, in at least a few different instances through the 70s, people hit them with their cars. Oh, my God. Wait. Yeah. But they, they, they seem to keep limping away when this happens. That's so crazy, though. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, it's... I mean, cars are such a big problem to a lot of Florida wildlife. I mean, right. uh, to to panthers, uh, you know, all all kinds of animals, you know, are just basically at risk. I mean, you drive down, you know, the highway in Florida, and there's just so many dead animals on the side oh, of the road. Oh, Jesus. Florida has, like, just these pockets of wilderness, and they're unfortunately now so fragmented by roads, but the animals are still trying to, you know— go between things and like especially after it rains in florida you know the the roads are just filled with turtles and alligators and just tons right. of birds everywhere right right yeah florida's Jeez. just kind of wild and wacky you know yeah yeah that's one way to yeah. put it so yeah there there's some there's some sightings of uh you know it getting uh hit by cars and then it sort of limps away uh while people call uh for uh um you know help right and i'm kind of i'm kind of fascinated by that because like you know what how do you <laughs> how do you report that yeah you're I like think... i hit something with my car like do you say it was skunk ape like because you think you hit a person right or oh. like like what that's suspicious it's weird that it leaves but you're you, it's it's so like what what on earth did they see because i guess yeah. if somebody hits it with their car you assume there's some evidence but like did they just hit a deer and the deer limped away that's that's a possibility or a bear or bear something? yeah that's what i was thinking yeah too. um yeah a man named richard davis shot at uh a creature that he said was nine feet tall in 1975 so but he shot in its direction. He saw it running away, and he hesitates because he said, according to him, it looked too human to be shooting at. Huh. But then it came around again, and uh, he changed his mind and started uh, shooting at it with his revolver. As you do. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, no, this is, this is still the South. Yeah, right. You're, it's, it's shoot first, ask questions later uh yeah yeah i once i was once uh in florida and uh you know i was just sort of sitting uh parked like on the side of the road and someone got in the back of my car you know they thought i was an uber and i was like oh, oh. sorry and Wait. they left and then i tell my uh i tell my boss about that the next day at work just like making small talk i was like hey some guy just randomly got in the back seat of my car thought i was an uber and my boss just like without skipping a beat is just like if he had done that in my car he'd gotten shot Oh wow, that's a fast reaction. I <laughs> wait. Do people do that? Is that a thing? You you just people just get in cars because they think it's an Uber. Yeah, has that ever happened to you? No. Oh yeah, people that's... just like they they see they see a uh you know an unmarked car idling on the side of the road, and you just your first instinct is to <laughs> get in. Some people do that. It Don't happens. do that. Don't PSA. <laughs> 
Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. See, this is this is like this is the northeastern in me. It's like you do not trust anybody. You knock on the window, or you mm. like say, "Hey, are you my Uber?" And they say, yeah. "Yeah, I am." Or they say, "No, back away from my car." And you say, "Yeah, okay," and mm-hmm. then you leave. That's crazy. Yeah, weird. Weirdly, I feel like I got more trusting after being in Montana. I can like, see that. I think about, and I don't know if this is because I'm a musician, partially because I'm a man, but also partially because I'm a I'm a musician. Right. I have followed so many strangers off of Craigslist into their basements. That's now that I think about really it. bold, Zan. Like just like trusting that, like yeah, that's where the jam space is, man. That or like Zan. that's where this this amp I'm trying to sell you is is or whatever did you go by yourself occasionally yes but then i would also uh, if i was if i had the forethought i would say hey text i would tell someone hey text me at this time to check in on me jesus christ sad but then (laughs) if we're playing music and it's too loud then i'm not gonna hear the text so i don't really know what the point of that was (sighs) oh my god (laughs) i i I should have had i should have had more plan yeah anyways Uh, a security guard by the name of Donnie Hall shot uh, at one. Um, it had ripped his shirt in oh. 1977. It killed people's dogs. It attacked Jesus. a truck driver that was sleeping in his truck. So wait, it like opened the truck door and just like beat him up? I guess so, yeah. That still seems way too, like, how does it's he know how to open very doors? Violent. It's getting very violent and very specific. Was the truck door broken? Does it specify? I don't know. I I picture one of those truck drivers, like you know, because like they they sleep on the road. Yeah, they like pull off to the side. Right. Yeah. But I like, wonder if it's one of those things where it's like a shark attack counts if the shark just brushes up against you. Is that true? Yeah, that counts as a shark attack. Well, that's just dumb. I don't like that. <laughs> so if I'm like swimming and a shark just goes like woo like a cat and then like goes up against your leg and all of a sudden it means I was attacked. Yeah, they register that as a shark attack. That's why even when you hear how many shark attacks there are in a year, remember that those are factored into that. That's dumb. We got to end this whole, like, what do you call it? Shark discrimination. I don't know what the actual Mm. word for that would be. That's what you're going to champion? Shark lives matter? I mean, they do. I mean, Yeah, you're the one saying it, not me. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I believe that's true. I don't know if that fits the tone of yeah. whatever the next march or protest is i think there's one that's uh more important than that yes, uh to yes. be fair well like you know i feel like you, here's the problem joe uh-huh. you can't show up to a protest with like great whites matter no, no. On, a, on a sign no. oh no you will not make friends you know, and, and God forbid they're blue sharks. Yeah, forget it. At and that then you're point. out there being like, "Blue lives matter." I'm talking about blue sharks no. as people as people smack you with picket yeah. signs. I feel like they have the right at that point though, because you just didn't yeah, they kind of do because you showed up to you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh my God. Um. Yeah, I'm. I I, I guess you'll have to like have a sign that's like tigers but then that could also get confusing maybe that people think you're confused. trying to free joe exotic that's true and we don't want him out of jail just yet so mm-hmm. or ever i guess but i yeah i i don't i don't know what i want for him anymore 
I'm I'm sure he's miserable. I I think he really thought President Trump was going to I, uh, pardon him. Y- yeah, like actually. Did you hear his uh his uh his hus his new husband left him? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Joe's not doing good in jail. Not doing not doing great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, skunk apes getting more violent, um, but more prevalent, and it's more a part of the national conversation. It's a good thing we brought up this political tangent. There you go, yes. So, Paul Knuckles. How do you think Knuckles is spelled? N-U-C-K-L-E-S. It's close. (sighs) N-U-C-K-O-L-L-S. What is that? No, no way. (laughs) Knuckles? No way. Paul Nuckles. Nuckles, Knuckles. Oh he's a uh, he's a Republican politician uh, in Florida. Okay. And in both 1976 and 1977, kind of at the height of the skunk ape fever, everybody's feeling. Ooh. You know, um, he uh, introduces uh, two bills. Uh, both of the, those years, no word on uh, how well they did. Right. In the Florida Senate. No. No. Um, interesting environmental take but you know environmentalism was not like uh a partisan issue necessarily in the 70s i mean nixon created the epa for god's sakes right but uh knuckles introduces uh, a bill that would uh mean a year in jail and a thousand dollar fine if someone killed a florida primate Uh, okay so they like kind of like prepared the legislation in case right skunk ape that's pretty turned out to be real but you know that sort of follows the the 70s environmental uh push i guess they're like we don't know but we don't want to take any chances either so just in case yeah yeah um so then the sightings slowed down in the 80s and then picked back up in the 90s um there's even a multilingual skunk ape hotline. Seriously? Yes. Oh my god. It's kind of amazing actually. <laughs> yeah. However, <laughs> in September up until this point, there's been people shooting pictures mm-hmm. of the skunk ape, but a lot of them are lost. We don't really have many pictures from this era or really any. Hmm. However, that is until September 2000. Woo! There is an anonymous letter sent in along with a photograph, and I have the transcript of that letter right here. Oh, wow. Dear sir or madam, enclosed, please find some pictures I took in late September or early October of 2000. My husband says he thinks it's an orangutan. Is someone missing an orangutan? It is hard to judge from the photos how big this orangutan really is. Is in a crouching position in the middle of a standing up by where it was sitting. It froze as soon as the flash went off. I didn't even see it as I took the first picture because it was so dark. As soon as it was a flash went off for a second time, it stood up and started to move. I then heard the orangutan walk off into the bushes. From where I was standing, judge it being about six and a half to seven feet tall in a kneeling position. As soon as I realized how close it was, I got back to the house. It had an awful smell that lasted well after it left my yard. The orangutan made a deep whoomp noises. It sounded much farther away than it turned out to be. 
If I'd known it was so close to the hedgerow as I would have walked up as close as I did. I'm a senior citizen, and if this animal had come up out of the hedge to roll after me, there wasn't a thing I could do about it. It was ten foot tall when it stood up. I'm concerned because of my grandchildren like to come down and explore my backyard. An animal this big could hurt someone seriously. For two nights prior, it had been taking apples from my daughter, brought it down from up north off our back porch. These pictures were taken on the third night. It had raided my apples. It only came back one more night after that and took some apples so my husband had left out in order to get a better look at it. We left our four apples. It cut two of them in half. The orangutan only took the whole apples. We didn't see it take them. We waited up, but eventually had to go to bed. We got a dog back there now, and as far as I can tell, the orangutan hadn't been back. Please find out where this animal came from and who it belongs to. It shouldn't be loose like this. Someone will get hurt. I call a friend who used to work at animal control back up Nard, and they told him to call the police. I don't want any fuss or people with guns traipsing around behind our house. We live near I-75, and I'm afraid this orangutan could cause a serious accident if someone hit it. I once hit a deer that wasn't even a quarter of the size of this animal and told him a car. At the very least, this animal belongs in a place like Bush Gardens, where it can be looked after properly. Why haven't people been told an animal this size is loose? How are people to know how dangerous this could be? If I'd known an animal like this was on the loose, I wouldn't have approached it. I saw on the news that monkeys that get loose carry hepatitis and are very dangerous. Please look after this situation. I don't want my backyard to turn into someone else's circus. God bless. I prefer to remain anonymous. Oh my god, it just kept going. I was like, this is amazing. Um, wow, that's a lot. That is, this, this is so, <laughs> this is amazing. This yeah. is like, because it's, it's old. First of all, it's great because it's an old person's, you know, anonymous letter to the editor. Right. <laughs> basically. I mean, this, this, this went to the Sarasota County Sheriff's Department. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Like, yeah. they got a novel out of that. Or novella, I guess. Yeah, no, this is like. This is amazing because it's just like, they're like, why hasn't anybody been doing anything about this orangutan? Yeah. It like has the... hepatitis. Yeah. It's... This <laughs> whorish orangutan is stealing apples out of my backyard. <laughs> oh my God. It's instead of the lemon stealing whores, it's the apple stealing hepatitis riddled orangutans of Florida. They're like, why isn't it in Bush Gardens? Someone put this thing in Bush Gardens where it belongs. That's where primates belong. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I love how that was like the proposed solution. Put it in Bush Gardens, this orangutan that's loose. That's where it has to be. Not back where it came from. Uh-huh, I like how uh-huh. it's also an orangutan, but it's ten feet tall. Because yeah, that's also I, not possible. But I mean, it sounds like King Louis from yeah. uh, the, the live-action Jungle Book. But I thought they specified that it's the, um, not an orangutan, but what's the ancient? Gigantopithecus. Oh, that will, keep Keep that thought, because that will oh. come up later. Oh, okay. And then, of course, I love God Bless, I Prefer to Remain Anonymous. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm signing but just everything like You're just way. picturing some, some retired 
you know, blue haired old woman. Yeah. Like <laughs> just <laughs> just rambling on and being like, That's her daughter enough. brought her apples, Apple. Joe. <laughs> but then they, they took cut, her apples. Took and the... <laughs> apparently cut them. Yeah. <laughs> so it has tools. They can use tools yeah. now. That's good to know. Now, yeah, and it's like, unfortunately, unlike old three toes, uh, no one, as far as I know, has ever come forward and claimed this. Right, right. Yeah, huh. and you know, of course, the sheriff's county disputes the letter and is like, yeah, we're gonna kind of just dismiss this. We've other Ye- things to worry about. I mean, clearly, I think that's kind of yeah. fair, I guess. But that one photo uh, is to this day kind of the the infamous it is like it is what the patterson footage is to bigfoot it's the the one very famous shot of skunk ape right yeah and when you kind of look at its face it's it's very bizarre because it just has Uh kind of glowing eyes you know, you see this big slumped shape, but that itself, like, also the shagginess of it, it also kind of looks like what happens to palm fronds when you don't trim them and they kind of just hang over the side. Oh, but, yeah. But, like, you can totally see the face there. And it's like, is this just pareidolia? Is this a hoax? Is this, right. like, maybe there's a, maybe there's some animal there and you're just seeing its eyes glow? But it's, you know, it has. If those are eyes, it has binocular vision and a flat face. Mm, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah, th- this is kind of the the one the one really well known photo of skunk ape. Weird. Yeah, and it just comes from this anonymous source. Um, and you know, it's insane. been yeah, it, it's it's just kind of you know, it's gone back and forth. You know, this is this is all entirely inconclusive. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were some, interestingly, there were also some reports, um, but then that turned out to be uh, someone named uh, Hu Tu Mei, who was a Taiwanese sailor who had escaped from a mental hospital and was just running around the swamp. Okay. Yes. You have to understand, Florida doesn't have the most sympathetic treatment of people with mental health problems. Mm. Uh, I remember... Growing up, I would pass by an Alzheimer's clinic called Encore. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. A little tasteless. A little tasteless. Yeah, a little bit. But, yeah, but even our old friend Ivan Sanderson oh. uh, wrote about this. Uh, if you remember him from the old Three Toes mm-hmm. exhibit. um. And he basically proposes that there are kind of there there are entire groups, groups multiple, like of unknown hominids that live on the North American continent. There seem to be these smaller, mm. like Sasquatch forest pygmy people, and then there seem to be the larger hominids, uh, the Gigantopithecus, these undiscovered Gigantopithecus type animals. This is all very scientific. Right, uh you know uh <laughs> that um the the sort of primitive humanoids that he seems to think are uh running around florida huh uh and really north america at large okay but pretty much you know and there's still people there's still sightings that come in 
a lot of them attributed to black bears or other animals. I mean, you know, you, you always wonder, like, if it's dark at night and maybe you see a moose or something. Not that there's moose in Florida, but just, you know, in general. <laughs> right. You know, and also you have to remember there's... There are plausibly people's escaped exotic pets running around Florida. That is true. Yeah, if I've learned yeah. anything from Tiger King, that's a possibility. Well, the scary thing about Florida is, you know, because there's all the pythons that live in the Everglades that are invasive because, you know, people release their pets. Right. Um, And even anacondas and stuff. Right, um, right. Yeah, I belonged, because I was such a cool hip-happening kid, when I was in middle school, I belonged to the Suncoast Herpetological Society. Oh, that's fun. I like that. <laughs> Just out there herping every day. Yep. Um, Not every day. We met once a month. Oh, okay. At uh, Moccasin Lake Nature Park, if they're still around. Um. Anyways, uh, there was a guy that came to speak once, and he mentioned that he kept hot herps which are venomous reptiles. Hmm. And he had a king cobra. And oh. it got loose. Oh. And he thought, eh, it'll probably won't survive. But then years later, he saw it again, dead on the side of the road. Oh. And it's like, oh, crap. That thing was, that thing lived for years out in the wilderness. And God for you hope that was the same king cobra. Otherwise, there's multiple King, King Cobras, Cobras potentially oh, running around Florida. That's... But, you know, it, it's it's a it's a warm climate. You know, there's stories about like there are places in Florida where there are basically monkeys that have gotten loose, like small monkeys, right? Um, that are you know living in the trees and stuff. There's an all sorts of different exotic animals running around florida that people have introduced but because florida's warm and you don't get it doesn't get too cold um just a lot of this stuff is able to uh survive you know because it's basically another trop of not maybe not quite tropical but near tropical environment right right that's kind of that's insane actually to yeah. think about how much and also insanely damaging to, those, mm -hmm. to that ecosystem, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, we are the virus, man. <laughs> <laughs> the earth is healing. <laughs> oh yeah, didn't didn't you hear when the shutdown happened, all the skunk apes returned <laughs> yeah, to their ancestral yeah. homelands? Yeah, I, I did. Nature's finally <laughs> healing. There wasn't a cell the phone in sight. The earth is healing itself. <laughs> oh my god. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is insane. Though. Yeah, but that's that's the story of Skunk Ape until it's wow. solved one day, I guess. <sighs> we'll be the ones on the front lines covering it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's wow. That's kind of wild, to be honest. Yeah, and I am. Um, I I wish in museums like because like for roadside museums, you know they're all about this kind of small town. Yeah, almost folklore adjacent stuff. Right, right. But, like, I wish there was more of a space in museums to play with this. Like, to present it as pseudoscience. Mm. But also, like, somehow present the concept of a a public public collective imagination. You know? Yeah. Of, of, of this kind of phenomenon. Like, 
in sort of a similar way that from the 40s onward, you know, after people after people identify what they believe aliens look like. Yep. Pretty much all alien sightings fall into the categories that seem to have been established by science fiction from the 40s and 50s. Oh, no, but see, Zan, that was all implemented so that we would believe that that's what the aliens look like to get oh. us accustomed to it. Yeah. No, I, I agree, though. That's literally what it, it's. It's all, it's the, once the visual is created, the sightings follow. Mm. And it, you know, and then it creates this whole idea. It's kind of like how people think, like, if there were other aliens out there, they would look like something out of Star Wars. Funny to bring that back. But, mm-hmm. um... That doesn't make much sense because most of Star Wars is based on human cultures and the ideas of what other things would look like. You know what I mean? Like I, I found mean, there, there's some you could at least make the argument in Star Wars because yes, I totally agree with your point. But Star Wars could argue that life seems to favor certain shapes okay that's fair that the animals and plants that are unrelated evolve into similar uh shapes that best fit a niche like think about koalas and sloths they're very similar superficially they have similar lifestyles they eat nutrition poor animal uh sorry nutritionally poor plants so they move slowly to conserve energy and yet they are you know other than being mammals they are completely unrelated one is you know closer related to like uh anteaters and the other is a marsupial yeah but i mean this is also in relation to earth so like what happens when you go outside I i could entertain the idea that there is well, I don't know. I also had a uh, one professor that said the human anytime, you know, he would come across like the, the creationist thing of like how perfectly designed the human body is. He's like, the human body is not perfectly designed. My knees are shit. <laughs> he's yeah. like the human knee. He's like, if you were going to design the human body, you were you would fix the knees. Yeah, that is a bit of a flaw. Got to weaken us somehow, I guess. It's a real Achilles heel. <laughs> but like, no, that's it's the knee. It's the knee. The Achilles the knee. They didn't talk about that in mythology. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah, but that's like that's what I guess I'm getting at too. It's like if you base everything based in a human centric Earth version of what is out there, I think you limit yourself really fast. You know what I mean? You could also just you so... could also maybe cynically say that you know, uh, you know, a uh, a movie director needs actors to dress up like aliens and those actors are human i guess like no i know but yeah have you ever seen the version of the xenomorph from alien that um, was the dog (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing yeah Yeah. but no i mean obviously for cinema of course it it makes sense and even in, in that you know, you're gonna draw from depictions, of course. I think I think one that did that really well was like you ever see Arrival with Amy Adams? No, it's really but good. I, you I should know watch that one it. like tried really hard to be like something different. It is different. It's actually really interesting. I like it. I mean, of course it has its own tropes, but it is 
it's really you would like it you should check it out but it's everybody should check it out it's a great film it's interesting to think about language because it focus it's a it's an alien movie that's based in language not in us and them yeah even though that's a part of it It, it's interesting because it's a very different approach to this idea of completely a opposite of humanity anyway i don't know how i tangent it this far but yeah there is this interesting um thing of the collective imagination around these uh, uh, cryptids i guess i I would i would love if like there was a museological application to like kind of treat these as treat these things as artifacts yeah like i think they're kind of interesting stories in and of themselves but like any time that you're like oh let's go to the bigfoot museum let's go to the skunk ape museum i think you're going to have people who are not doing the best people with good intentions Mm -hmm. that are not doing great science yeah it's too easy and kind of on hearsay but i feel like there is some really interesting things behind these that's not just like one way or the other do you know what i mean like kind of yeah, i guess like what you're getting yeah because like there, there's so much interesting stuff we've talked about it here at the museum before but like there were so many ideas when lewis and clark went out west because uh because the fa- uh uh some of the founding fathers were fossil collectors, you know, and they had dug up mammoths and sloths and all kinds of Mm. uh, giant prehistoric megafauna on the East coast. They thought, you know, somewhat reasonably that, Hey, you're going to go out West and you're going to possibly encounter these giant animals. And, you know, when they came back, you know, they were telling stories about bison and, uh, you know, I th- I think the Native Americans had told them, hey, if you go out west, there's enormous horned animals that roam the plains in the millions. Like, huh. I don't think they believed them until they saw it themselves. Jesus. Yeah. Must have been wild to see, too. Really, though. I mean, it's... Uh, and I mean, th- this is the more sad thing about, like, why we kind of have to be so cynical about all of this is because... yeah. When you consider how much encroachment has gone into, you know, American landscapes and stuff uh, by by settlers, you you realize, you know, there's not that many of these natural spaces left even. And, you know, Florida still has some, you know, some, you know, intact ecosystems, but it's going to take a lot of effort to try to reconnect all the fragmented pieces and like, you know, the, the, the Florida Panther, like, unless it, unless by, it has nothing short of a miracle, the Florida Panthers days are numbered. Yeah. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really just the, the animals that can kind of live in proximity. And if you think about them, it's like, well, we, we do have alligators, yeah, we have enormous reptiles that live among us, you know, and we manage that somewhat. We eat some of them, and they occasionally eat us. Circle of life, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is kind of the thing, though. Like with with these as well, is that because of the encroachment and because of really how small. Everything has yeah. been made because of how widespread, um, I guess, really industry and what do you call that building in general has gotten 
within the within you know North America or specifically the United States, it it limits a lot of possibilities or a lot of these things. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's just kind of the sad thing. And it's just like you feel like there's less in the world. The world feels yeah, no, not not to interrupt you, but it also feels like it could also just be because we don't we know too much now. Does that make sense? Like like that mm. because we can go on our phones and Google what like and not to sound like an old boomer but like because i can go and say what does the west coast look like i already have a Mm -hmm. depiction in my mind of what that is or Mm -hmm. like any of these geographical locations or i could literally go on a map and say that's not that far but Mm -hmm. so it does i I think part of it is because of a connected world that things have gotten smaller both literally and metaphorically but i also do think because of how far we've we've stretched that it does limit the possibilities for these things or these like this endless landscape that kind of invites this idea of what if, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just, it's one of those myths I'm so fascinated with or legends, I guess, you know, encryptids of, of both the skunk ape or Bigfoot or any of them that there's this, it's, it's really around that. What if it's possible? Maybe, maybe something made it. It's the, the inescapable. What if it's the same thing of like, what if there's just one, there's just a couple of thylacines living. Yeah. Living out in the Australian bush. You exactly. Know? What if we didn't mess up? What if we actually, you know, we didn't that, get them all? That, that is it. That it's it's interesting you say that because I feel like rediscovering these animals. Because in Florida, you know, there's also on on the more realistic end of the spectrum, there's still like ivory billed woodpecker sightings. Oh wow! Like you know, an animal that's been extinct for quite some time now. Yeah. You know? occasionally i think carolina parakeet sightings right right and there's like just that hope for like you said like another chance yeah like maybe we didn't mess things up so bad right exactly yeah and yeah i really think that's at the center of it to be honest Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah hopefully i'm wrong and hopefully there is i guess but then it's also I don't know. There's just so much. There's there's this uh, this hope of citing it, but then it's almost like you didn't you wouldn't even want to. You know what I mean? Because something's if if it, let's just I'm gonna mm-hmm. cater mm-hmm. to the idea that this that skunk ape exists. Let's keep it specific. Mm-hmm. Would you want to show that to people if you mm-hmm. care if you cared so much? I mean, I guess in a contemporary environmentalist. Uh, lingo you would say yes because you want to like say okay this is where it lives and now we can protect that region or something i guess that's true yeah to find maybe to make sure that it's it's um safe in that way i guess that's we don't live in you know 1940s king kong spectacle but at the same time i i don't know i guess there's always that hesitation now yeah you know there would be. be someone that like a a skunk ape zoo yeah you know that 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 would happen jesus probably because i mean people people would want to see it it's still kind of messed up though uh yeah uh i don't like that like 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 i'm talking zoo like roadside zoo well unfortunately i think the thing is like you know the bush gardens was brought up earlier yeah and you know that is part of that you know that tourism industry of florida mm. that's yeah. true yeah mm-hmm. oh man 
Well, well, it, may, maybe, you know, maybe we're foolish to hope, but that's, maybe. uh, I, 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 I think we could use a little, you know, earnest hope in these trying times. I agree. In these unprecedented times, we ask you to, one, believe in equality, and if you have room in your heart, believe in skunk ape. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. Like, and maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll get one and not the other. There you go. That's You know, what I say, you know what? Put your expectations really high. Yeah. And as we strive to reach for Skunk Ape, we right. will achieve... Uh, equity among mankind. I think that's what we can hope for, and I think those are pretty good odds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think if we can find it in our hearts to believe in that, we yeah. can believe in the other things as well. Absolutely. That's what JFK would have wanted. <laughs> it, we will probably... do that and the other things. We will find Skunk Ape. Yeah, that was actually, that's part of the conspiracy, actually. That was left out of the tapes. Oh, God. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Wait, was was Lee Harvey Oswald a skunk ape? <gasps> oh no, it gets deeper. A communist skunk ape. Sounds about right. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> well, God. On that note, uh, thank you for coming by the mm-hmm. UCM today. Yes, this was yes. a fun. Uh, this this was a fun light in our otherwise swamped week. Mm. So I'm glad we found time to sit down and do this. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely interesting to hear all about this. Yeah. Um, I think by the time people hear this, Joe will uh have yeah. become a master of fine art. Yeah. I have finally Stock have become applause. a master. Oh, thank you. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a master. I did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, just one more stepping stone, I guess. It feels weird. Mm, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there in a year. Yeah. It's coming up, man. Yeah. Then you'll be the master, too. And then we'll be wow. real. We'll be real. Guys. Wow. Then this museum will have two MFAs. Yeah, we'll have to get a budget increase. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to interact with the museum after hours, we are on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Yes, yes, yes. Feel free to follow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, ask us questions, give us suggestions, all that jazz. Uh, if you want to find me, I am at Xanasaurus on Instagram. And I am at Josemino Art on Instagram. And from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I have been Josemino. Have a blessed day. Bye.